Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. Today is episode 264, Understand Transgender Issues with Tristan Rees. Now, Tristan Rees sprang into the public consciousness in 2017 when he and his partner Biff told this transgender pregnancy story in the mainstream media. He and Biff are also the adoptive parents of Biff's biological niece and nephew. They are proud to have expanded the public conversation about trans reproductive justice, queer families and what it means to be a father. He regularly tells the unique story of his family's creation to audiences across the country. He's also the director of Family Formation at Family Equality, a national non-profit dedicated to supporting LGBTQ and families of those who wish to, to form them. Now, this episode is very, very special and very dear to me, in particular because we are tackling the topic of diversity, um, which is one of the topics that are really core to me, in particular when we are looking at building not only local but global communities around the world. And in fact, what he talks, what Tristan talks about is, a, a, at the beginning, a basic understanding of what it means to be a transgender. Uh, also, better understanding of uh, LGBTQ parenting, and uh, also we translate a conversation into business because uh, Tristan had uh, built a big personal brand in the public eye, being on media, being on publication, telling his story, and in particular running uh, his business and his nonprofit. So what we talked about is concrete tools for increasing uh, your own competency around transgender inclusion in the business world. This definitely has been one of the most fascinating stories and fascinating interviews I've ever had the pleasure to host, and I'm sure you will love every second of this interview. Uh, before you go ahead and listen to the rest of the episode, remember that if you want to build a highly profitable coaching, speaking, or training business, you gotta download our expert business checklist, which is the best tool you can use for your expert business where you will take a full assessment of your business and know exactly what to focus on to go to the next level. Uh, you can download it uh, straight away uh, by scrolling down and finding the link in the show notes. Also, if you want to read the full transcript of the interview and get the bonus resources, visit www.gtex.org.uk forward slash 264. Now, without further ado, it's time to uh, let you enjoy the podcast. Make sure that you subscribe at the end and leave us a review. It's all from me. Enjoy the show. Episode 264, Understand Transgender Issues with Tristan Rees. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And today I'm here with the one and only Tristan Reese. How are you doing, Tristan? I'm doing great. How are you? I am incredibly well, uh, really excited about this uh, interview because um, we're going to be talking about inclusivity and as well, how did you build your business? But before um, we get started, tell us a bit more about you. Tell us a bit more about uh, your fascinating journey so far. 
Sure, sure. I mean, well, professionally, my background is in the LGBTQ movement. So I spent almost eight years traveling the country with a national organization. And I actually became part of a, a very small elite team of people whose job it was to, to figure out how to change people's minds on LGBTQ issues. Mm -hmm. And so it was literally my job to sort of parachute into an area where they were going to vote on something related to the community, um, find people who were against gay people or transgender people, and then change their mind, um, which is as easy as it sounds. <laughs> that's, that's a joke. But it is also a science. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of research on mm. the science of bias, the psychology of bias. And so it was my job to sort of like take all that research, work with my team, then figure out what's the uh, what's the formula, you know, A plus B equals C. Like what are the inputs that get someone to change their mind or move forward on LGBTQ issues? Um, so I did that mm. for, you know, eight years and my background is in theater. And then slowly coming out of that with my theatrical background, I just kind of accidentally stumbled into doing that type of work, taking the science of how to change people's minds, um, taking sort of my, my storytelling and speaking ability that I've it was not born with, but was trained in, and then kind of leveraging those things um, into my own side hustle, my own side business, being able to do storytelling and and then building curriculum to to help people understand practically how to be more LGBTQ inclusive, but also how to cultivate an attitude of humility and openness and curiosity and not defense. Um, when mm -hmm. it comes to approaching these issues from a business perspective, from a personal perspective. Um, and then I just, I, I'm just really good at that. And it took me a long time, but now I'm really good at that. Um, and so, you know, when you do what you love and it's something that the world really needs, then it ends up being a, a pretty good calling. So, yeah. When, when was the moment that you realized that you wanted to be a voice for the LGBTQ community? To be honest, I think in my hubris of youth, I always thought I'm going to be a voice, you know, um, but uh, luckily I had smart people around me who were like, okay, well, why don't you learn some things first? Um, and then, you know, sort of as is natural, I think through your mm. early 20s when you're like, I'm going to change the world. And then the world is like, ha ha, you know. Uh, and and after having done so much work in the LGBTQ movement, I realized I just have so much more to learn and so much more to work on so that if and when the moment comes, I'll be ready. And so that's when I really focused on professional development. I really focused on, you know, learning curriculum development. I really focused on learning how to manage my own uh, mm -hmm. my own sort of emotional traumas. You know, as an LGBTQ person, it is not an easy place to be anywhere in the world. There's going to mm -hmm. be hardship. There's going to be difficulty. There's going to be trauma. And so it really worked to heal all of those things so that I could be the kind of person where, you know, when I'm standing in front of a thousand people and someone stands up and asks me a really difficult question that is going to hit some part of me yeah. that um, another, another person might say they were offended, but I don't like to use that language. But, you know, I, I've had For example, I've had a high school student stand up in front of a thousand of their classmates and ask me if I've had the operation, mm -hmm. just as an example. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I just did a lot of work so that if and when I got to that point where I'm in front of a lot of people being asked a question that's really hard, I'm not going to react. I'm going to respond. You know, I'm going to have I'm going to be able to maintain my integrity and that person's integrity. So I just worked really hard to get good at all the things 
And then like, you know, sort of I started doing training and that was fine. Um, And then I ended up actually getting pregnant and having a baby and telling my story publicly. So that really catapulted me into the spotlight in a way that I didn't expect, but that I was 100% ready for because I had done all this research. I had spent all this time learning about storytelling, about how to tell, you know, how to explain who you are in in an accessible way, in a relevant way that people would understand that wasn't confusing or Mm -hmm. belittling. Um, and then I've been able to leverage that, you know, sort of small media blip into a yeah. sustainable income stream for my family. So t- tell me, tell me a bit more about like your journey like, at, the, at the very beginning, because uh, there are some people from the LGBTQ community that um, sometimes sometimes they might have like an easier journey with the people that are more understanding around them, with the environment that are more understanding, and others that are completely rejecting, really having the hard. How was that for you? Did you was it really hard for you, or did you have a nurturing environment around you? Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's somewhere in between, I guess. It, it's pretty complicated. Um, you know, my parents, I'm from a Canadian family, so I would say that they're pretty liberal, they're pretty accepting. But I think, you know, when a child throws something at you, like, uh, I'm getting a sex change, basically, I think that even the most accepting family is going to have a struggle with that. And I think, you know, my, my parents, especially my mom had a really hard struggle with that. And I think, you know, some extremely hurtful things were said that I have had to spend many sort of many years unlearning, um, and Mm -hmm. undoing sort of the damage that that did to my psyche. And when I started transitioning, I had a lot of people in my life who told me you're not actually transgender. Um, you know, you'll never look like a man. You'll never sound like a man. No one will ever believe you're a man. Um, you're going to regret this. I mean, all of those kinds of things. Um, and so, and that did a lot of damage as well. Um, you know, and so I think I didn't experience necessarily kicking me out of the house. I didn't experience necessarily, um, Mm. you know, bullying in school because I actually transitioned when I was out of school. Um, but I still know what it is like to be told day in and day out, um, by the world and also people close to you that, you know, you're worthless. Um, you'll never, you'll never amount to anything. No one will ever love you. I mean, I've heard all of those things over and over and over again, um, in really overt and in subtle ways. Um, if you, if you have to pinpoint like uh, the most uh, useful thing for you that helped you unlearn or um, like go through, uh, those, uh, toxic things that were in, in, in your head because um, it, it doesn't matter like anyone can relate uh, in a moment being told where they were worthless or where they didn't amount to anything whether it is transgender or not so that can be irrelevant for any person here that is listening what was the one thing that was really really useful for you in that moment I mean I don't know if it's one thing other than I mean I think putting myself in the situation where I was going to be excellent over and over again. And so, you know, I think saying yes to professional and personal development opportunities, Mm -hmm. you know, if someone is like, you know, would, you know, will you be part of this leadership development program? Because we really need someone who's transgender. I think other people may have been offended by that. I wasn't, I was like, I, I don't care why I'm there. I want to learn. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I said yes to those kinds of things over and over and over again. And when I worked at a nonprofit and they didn't give me a professional development stipend, I fought for that. I said, okay, if you can't give me a raise, I want $1,200 a year so I can go to a conference, so I can get a mentor, so I can go to this training, so I can go to this workshop, so I can go to this retreat. You know, I think I just, I don't know. I just worked really, Mm -hmm. really hard. 
over and over and over again to be excellent. And then I think when you reach that point and you are all of a sudden, it feels like standing in front of, you know, 5,000 people and there's three balconies watching you and you tell your story. And then there's this moment of silence at the end. And then all of a sudden everyone is on their feet and they didn't give anyone else a standing ovation, just you. And it's like, oh my God, like the world was Mm. wrong. I'm good. Like I'm I'm smart. I'm open. Vulnerable. I have a unique story to tell, and I can tell it with both excellence and humility. Always wanting to get better. Eventually, that kind of crowds out the other stuff, and then you know, over time, it's like, oh, those voices which seem so loud are now so small, and they've just sort of been woven into that larger fabric of who I am and and what I've survived. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so I think for me, also just like letting letting the bigger voices in, letting letting myself appreciate and and accept that there are some things that I'm very good at. There are lots of things I'm not good at, and there are lots of things I have to work hard to be good at, but there are some things that after working and clawing and failing that I'm like, okay, no, no, I can do this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think uh, it makes uh, it, it makes perfect sense. And uh, so what, what I'm hearing you saying is uh, actually putting yourself first and your personal development first. Uh, that helped you as well, like really understand, really have the confidence in yourself. And, you know, I think that sometimes the confidence uh, can come from uh, some, sometimes we just have this innate sense of confidence. We don't know where it's coming from. But sometimes the confidence can come from the outside as a validation. And that builds the inside. So there is a, an outer and inner world part of confidence and, and there is a question before we looked at now how you built your business uh, which is uh, going to be the main part of the interview but it is another question i want to ask you because one of the um, one of the main reasons why i left italy and i love living in london is diversity now unfortunately italy is a very close country is uh, very racist uh, is uh, like incredibly close-minded and that's why i couldn't fit there uh, and uh, as soon as I got the opportunity to move to the UK, I was like, yes, finally, I can find a place where, like, it really doesn't matter if you're black, white, green, uh, man, woman, like, in particular, London is just, like, I can I can feel is is way more accepted. And uh, there is now, in terms of corporate responsibility, now mm-hmm. there is, like, the stick boxes are size, okay, we need to have the transgender person, we need to have the um, the black person, we need to have the black woman, we need to have the Asian woman, we need to have an Asian man. And can we get a Muslim? Or can we get know, a... a, a like there, right, there's right. this whole, ben, like, United, United Colors of Benetton goal exactly, exactly. that they have. So do you see this as a, a checkbox exercise uh, that corporations are doing or businesses are doing? Or do you see this, uh, at least this movement... Uh, in the right direction because before it wasn't even like that where is your mind at yeah i mean for me i am just like i think because i worked in such a practical field for so long working on political campaigns Mm. for me like any movement forward is movement forward and i'm just very practical and so honestly i don't really care how I get to be in a room. If it's because the head, you know, one of the partners of this corporate law firm, you know, wants to put it out on the blog and make it make them look good. And so they're gonna have some trans trainer come in and, you know, do some perfunctory training. I don't care why I'm in the room. I believe that transformational change can happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. And some people are gonna show up because they're required, and some people are gonna show up because they know and believe it's the right thing to do. And some people are gonna show up because they hope 
that the people in power are going to be shamed. You know, they're, they're, they hope that I'm going to get up there and say, like, you've been doing a bad job or, or mm-hmm. you, you know, you've been messing up. They want that vindication, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm here for, like, all those people. And the way that I construct my training is, you know, I really – it's science. It's, it's the science of, of – of, uh, of, uh, you know, of bias, of, of the psychology of bias. Mm-hmm. There are developmental stages that people go through as they let go of what, how they thought the world was and how it should be and embrace the way that the world is and should be. Um, you know, and so for me, I construct my whole training around, you know, making sure that no matter where someone is, if they're super resistant, if they're open, but cautious, if they're really open and if, you know, and if they're open and defensive, like wherever someone is in their process, I'm going to hit every single stage and every person is going to move forward. Um, and it may mean that some things go over the heads of people who are in the really beginner stages. It may seem that some parts are boring to people who are in the really advanced Mm -hmm. stages, but everyone's going to move forward. So for me, like I would, I'm just not one of those people who's interested in examining why the change is happening or where it comes from. Like, I don't, I don't care. It's a chance to do good work. It's a chance for someone to move forward. And that's great that, you know, that that's change. And, and I'm here for that. (laughs) We're we're definitely, we're definitely on the, on the same page on, on this because uh, I'm like, well, at least we are moving forward. At least the conversation is happening. And then uh, it's gonna it's gonna take an old new level. The more the conversation is happening, and the more we move forward. Uh, but I think that even just the fact that there is a conversation compared to let's say like twenty years ago or fifteen years ago, that's a that these are a huge step forwards. So yeah, now, I will say though yeah. the second part of that is you know that damage absolutely can be done. So in fact, this happened recently. I was asked by a big corporate law firm, will you come in and do a trans training for us? I said, sure, but I'm not available when you need me. They're like, no problem. We'll hire someone else. They called me three weeks afterwards and they were like, oh, can you come and fix it? Because the person we hired made things worse. So I think like it, it is absolutely possible if people are doing something because they want to check a box, they're not being intentional about who they're hiring. They're not hiring someone who really has the expertise to lead the conversation yes. well so that everyone comes out better than they went in. Um, and That's so a I very think good point. It can absolutely backfire, but it has the chance to, to get – to move everyone. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it is a sensitive conversation. It is a sensitive topic, and it needs to be handled uh, with people that know how to handle the topic. <laughs> and, and people uh, don't know that. They literally think, yeah. and this happens too yeah. in the LGBTQ community, people think, just because I'm a member of the community, hmm. in somehow um, it, that equips me with the skills I need to help undo centuries of homophobia and transphobia, and to help unearth whatever might be triggered in the room by someone who is transphobic or has a trans kid and is conflicted about it or right. is transgender and has trauma around that in the room. Like that is an advanced skill that took yeah, me 15 I, years to learn. You need to be Not able to handle these situations. I agree with you. I yeah. totally agree with you. So now let's let's talk about uh, the, um, Tristan, let's talk about uh, a bit more about uh, your business and uh, uh, the way you built your business. Because uh, uh, now in every situation when you're, when you're running a business, there is always the self-doubt of, am I going to be good enough? And in particular now in the work that you're doing, then uh, there is a, I've told to a lot of clients that he said, I, I, actually, I don't want to get out there because I'm gay. Uh, 
just because I'm worried about if I'm in a live event, for example, what's going to be the reaction of people in the room? Am I going to be safe? And, you know, that, that makes you, first of all, think about how fucked up things are, but also it is something to address. So how was that for you? We had a brief chat in at the beginning of the interview about this. Yeah. I mean, for me, I feel like I can't be different than what I am. Like, I can't pretend not to be transgender. I can't pretend, you know, not to be the word we would use in most parts of the U.S. It's queer. Like, I'm very visibly different in that way. And so for me, you know, I just learned really early on in my life and then in my professional life that I can't... um, it's much more. It's much better for me if I just front load the, that those things about me that make me different. And so, even if I'm not applying to a job or a, a role that is specifically about transgender things, I'm going to talk about how being transgender makes me the best person to do this job. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I think about doing equity and inclusion and diversity work and coaching and consulting, it's like. I will automatically say, like, in my proposal, you know, in the first paragraph even, like, this is what's going on for transgender people in the world. This is why it's so critical that your business specifically needs to make sure that you are welcoming them in an intentional way. And the best person to teach you how to do that is someone who's been there, who has a personal experience, who is transgender. And so I put that, like, right there. I think that serves two purposes. You know, one, it puts me, you know, sort of head and shoulders above the rest because I think that it's going to make them feel better. Let's hire someone who really actually knows because they've been there. But then number two, it's going to show them that I'm not embarrassed about who I am. I'm yeah. not someone that they have to tiptoe around. That they have to like worry like, am I going to do or say the wrong thing? And I think a lot of people they're worried about that. And, and rightfully so, like we are in a culture of critique, you know, we're in that cancel culture, you know, people are used Mm -hmm. to like, Oh, if I do or say the wrong thing, I'm going to be shamed. I'm going to be belittled. Um, and there's lots of reasons why that happens that I won't get into, but I want them to know that that's not me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm proud of who I am. Um, nothing that they do or say is going to shake my sense of self-confidence and security in who I am. And that's why they should work with me because I'm going to bring that attitude to every room, to every space. You know, I'm going to be super honest with them. I'm going to hold them accountable to a high standard and I'm never going to do it in a way that feels bad. You know, Mm -hmm. when I look at their website and I say like, here are the 287 instances where you talk about men and women. And here's my suggestion for using more inclusive language. It's never going to feel bad. You know, I'm never going to be like, how dare you do this? Um, And so I think, you know, by really front loading who I am, what makes me unique, what makes me different. Number one, I'm showing them that I'm I'm unique compared to other people that they might work with. And number two, I'm showing them that I'm going to bring that sense of security and confidence into the relationship and that 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 is going to sort of buoy us through even the hardest parts um, of yeah. what can be a difficult process does that make sense it makes perfect sense Rinston. absolutely 100 uh, percent i would love to dive deep, a bit deeper into into your business um, in terms of uh, uh, what to help because you decided literally like i'm going to use what uh, is my strength which is uh, talking performing I'm just going to be there and uh, show them how it's done, <laughs> right? So when uh, in, in terms – no, am I, am I wrong saying that? I mean, in some ways. I don't think about it like showing them how it's done, I guess, because yeah. for me, I'm like, okay, there are some things I'm good at, and so I'm looking for opportunities where I can get better. Um, so just an example, um, the, do you know the podcast The Moth? 
No, I don't. Not familiar with Okay, so it's the number one storytelling podcast in the world. Right. Um, They do live events, and then they showcase them on their podcast, the Moth Radio Hour is what it's called, and it goes out through every public radio station in America. So I got an email from them, and they're like, we heard an interview with with you. We'd love to work on you to tell your story. And for me, I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. Why? Because professional storytellers, producers, directors are going to work with me on my story. You know, so I'm going to learn and get better. So it wasn't like I'm going to go in and show them how it's done. It is like I'm going to say yes, not to an opportunity where someone's like, here's a microphone before I know how to do it. Instead, I'm going to look for that opportunity where someone's like, hey, can we work with you? Can we coach you? Can we help you craft your story? Yes, that I'll say yes to. So sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. No, it makes makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that. So now you decided. Always trying to learn. You decided to, to get out there and you decided to build your business mainly based on your personal brand. So what were some of the challenges that you faced while building a business which is so heavily reliant on your image and on, on your face, like like I'm doing? Uh, so what were some of the challenges that you faced while growing oh, that business? So many, so many. I mean, so I think about it in a couple of ways. One is in that building the brand part, and then one is in the sort of back-end business part. Mm-hmm. So I think the building the brand thing, you know, I think for me, it's just like always being humble always being humble. So for example, like a big part of my brand, it sounds strange, but a big part of my brand is Instagram. And I actually get a lot of work through Instagram. So like I will, I will post anecdotes about being a parent. I'll post about what it means to be transgender in the world today. I'll, you know, I'll tell little stories. I'll do trans education on Instagram. You know, I just have like a funny thing that happened to me and I'll sit with it for a while and I'll think, okay, can I use this to tell a, a larger story that will be a lesson for people. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, like that's what I that's what I do in my training. And so people will read that and say, oh, this is a new or different way about thinking about inclusion or trans issues. I wanna hire him to come and do this in a more formal way with my business. Yeah. Um, and so a big part of that is just iteration. And so I'll post something and I'll note it, I'll look at it, I look at engagement maybe like five or six times a day. So like how many likes did this get? How many comments did this get? I work with a couple of free platforms where you can plug it into the back end and it'll tell you, here's your best performing post. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes people will come to me and they'll volunteer. They'll be like, I'm a huge fan of your work. Like, how can I help you? And I'll say, oh, like I see that you're a social media professional. Will you give me an analysis? Will you look back through my year of Instagram or Facebook posts. Tell me what are the common themes that people love? Like what are the most common words and phrases people are using? What do they respond to? What, what don't they respond to? And I let people help me. And then I iterate. You know, if I post something and two days later, if there's not a lot of engagement, I'll archive it. I just get rid of it. Okay, yeah. people don't like it. I want everything that they see to be quality. And so if I try something new, it doesn't work. Okay, archive it, get rid of it. If I post something and I get even like three or four critical comments, mm-hmm. not people being like, you're dumb, but people saying, yeah, I would encourage you to look at this analysis a different way. Or mm, the way you worded this doesn't work for me and here's why. Like I, that hurts because, you know, ego, but I do my best to, you know, engage with my ego and think, okay, but are they right? Yeah. Are they arbitrarily right? Or is there a part of this that is right that I can learn from? And then the next time I post about that comment, I'm going to use a more nuanced way of talking about it. Or I'm going to do a post about what it means to be called out, what it means to learn. Like, and then I'm going to get more engagement on that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, it's yeah. constant. And I would say the final thing about that for me is like figuring out both what people want to see, but also what serves my brand. So for a while I was posting 
about like hateful messages that I would get. Like if someone sent me something transphobic, I would post that and be like, you know, look at this. But the more I continued down that path, I just thought like, that's not who I want to be. That's not what I want my brand to be. So occasionally I'll say like, here's a really hard thing that I heard this week, but that's going to be woven into a larger story about resilience or pride or power or fighting your demons or something like that's what people want from me. That's who I am. Like I am a hopeful, optimistic, positive person. I'm not someone who's going to call out a 16 year old in Germany who sent me a message calling me a monster. Like that's not, that's not who I am. That's not part of my larger message. So really figuring out who am I? And in some ways, I'm kind of embarrassed about that. Like, I want to be more hardcore, you know? Like, I want to be more hard-hitting and, like, righteous. That's not who I am. Like, I'm a super positive person who can take really, really hard things and frame them through a lens of lightness and beauty and hope and power and and that's that's like that's just me. <laughs> yeah, no, thank <laughs> you. Thank you for power. sharing. In fact, I, what I wanted to ask you is, uh, you know, it, uh, when uh, you are out on social media, like peop- one of the biggest thing that people don't want to build a brand or put their face out there because they're afraid of what people are going to say about them. Now, like, let's get alone on the organic content, but let's start using Facebook ads. I mean, we do a lot of stuff on Facebook ads. The things that are not said and that are said is like, is it like don't you have better things to do with your life? Really, <laughs> just that these are the things that come in my mind. So what I wanted to ask you is uh, when you, so before you started using that and showing that person, so showing that post and, um, and, and in interacting with it, but do you address it with the comment or do you let it go? Uh, do you delete it? Um, uh, everyone has different strategies in terms of like pure social media management. What did you find that, that works for you? I mean, honestly, what's really, really works in my favor is how much experience I have with issues of bias. It's the same thing. It's understanding the science. So Mm. when I look Mm. at a comment or a a message, it's easy for me because I have the skill. Where is this person on that scale? Right. And so if someone is just like in a really defensive, rooted in homophobia, transphobia place, yeah. delete, delete that person, block that person. There is nothing I can do to reach them. Mm. There is no good that they're going to do. And occasionally, like if I'm doing a live storytelling event or a post or whatever, I can bring those stories up mostly to tell people who are not transgender, hey, by the way, this is what my life is. By the way, this is what people think of us. Mm-hmm. I use it as a tool, you know, as a right. teaching technique. In a way, that's also really psychically satisfying because in a way, it's like you're taking the stones that people are throwing at you and you're building an empire. Like that is quite literally <laughs> oh, thank you. what yeah. I'm doing. Thank you. Yep, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank thank you. you. This is going to this is gonna shock some well-meaning liberal person in London. Yeah. They're yeah. going to – I'm going to be able to take this comment that some lady told me that she hoped that I gave birth to a dead baby. Mm-hmm. Like what a horrible thing to yeah. say to someone. Yeah. I'm going to take that. I'm going to tell that in a story – live on stage in London, and 50 people in the audience are going to hire me to come and tell that story at their conference. I mean, what bigger F you is that? Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. bet from that lady's comment, I bet I made $100,000 on that lady's comment. It was a horrific thing for her to say. Yeah. And from that, like, sh- that is a truly shocking thing to people who are not transphobic to hear. That's going to change is. someone. That's going to inspire them to take action. Oh, my God, who would say that? I would never say, would my boss say that? Would my mom, would my grandma say that? I have some work to do. Like Mm -hmm. that has motivated 
at hundreds of thousands of people to live their lives in a different way, to stand in solidarity with trans people. It has made me a lot of money and it has inspired people to make a difference. So with those comments, I take what I can use and then I just delete and block. But I yeah. think there's that whole middle that I think a lot of people, especially LGBTQ people who've experienced trauma and have not had access to healing, they see a perfectly reasonable, open, curious question worded awkwardly they, that's going to feel like an attack to them because they've experienced harm in their lives yeah. and they haven't healed from it. So if someone says, well, you know, what's a gender neutral pronoun anyway, right? I have this ability because I have that skill to explain, of to explain it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to foresee, like, that's not a malicious question. That's a person who wants to learn and grow and know more. And maybe they ask it in a weird way. Maybe it's awkward, uncomfortable. And so usually that's I don't answer those questions because that's not my job to answer every curious question that someone has, but I leave it up there nine times out of 10. The people like my other followers will weigh in. They'll say, you know, actually a non-binary person is this and actually a gender neutral pronoun is this. Mm. And it's not that hard once you get to, you know, once you start practicing. And that or, gives you ideas you know, also for other content because actually these are, can be genuine questions. And I say, okay, so I have yep. someone commenting on this post and this is my, yep, uh, this is exactly. my take and on it. This, Mm -hmm. Yep. Those are ideas for content for me. And so like, it's that constant machine of doing it. It's also self-awareness. It's also for me yeah. and it's taken me now years, but you know, when I start to see things and I start to feel, you know, I start to feel the anxiety in my body, then I'm just like, okay, I have to stop. Like I have to put this away. <laughs> this isn't healthy for me to go down this road. Um, and that's, you know, it's a trap. You know, there's something that's just like really disgustingly satisfying about mm -hmm. going down that Reddit thread, you know, about going on 4chan, about reading what you know, the, you know, uh, the white supremacists, uh, like neo-Nazi movements came after me a lot when I was pregnant. Um, and that, you know, there is something that's like, I wonder what people have to say about me. And then you're like, oh my God, look at what people are saying about me. You mm. have to have the awareness to, to do what you can to assert power yeah. and then disengage and find other ways to deal with that. Like I, I use an online tool called Respondology mm -hmm. and it basically, it is a 24 seven it uses artificial intelligence to look for trolls and filter them out on all of my social media channels. That's called the resp Respondology. Respondology, yeah. It uses it, it plugs into the API of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, hmm. YouTube, and it searches for the words and phrases you tell it your trolls are going to use and yeah. then it just filters all those people out. It just plugs right in and, and it filters them out. And then once a week I can go through and look for any mistakes and then tell it to just block anyone who is truly that's hateful. So cool. That's that's super uh, useful. Super useful. Yeah, tech yeah. for good. I <laughs> shouldn't have good. to do that. I really yeah. shouldn't have to do that. You know, and and we cannot. We can no longer count on those corporations, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Um, we we can't count on them to keep us safe. Um, and so using something like that is really helpful, I think. I have one more question before we wrap up the interview. Um, now, there are, um, your uh, your business is uh, to raise awareness about the LGBTQ community and uh, how to deal with, uh, with people in the workspace, uh, in businesses and so on. So your story naturally relates to the work that you're doing. Now, there are some people that want to start a business that they is not necessarily, maybe they're just doing normal business consulting or um, which is not related to their background. So how, what, adv what piece of advice uh, would you give them if they are in the 
Shall I use my story because it's relevant, it's not relevant? Uh, what what's your take on that? What piece of advice would you give them? I mean, <clears throat> I would still look for what in your story is relevant um, to this situation. And so I think about it a little bit like, okay, I actually have done a lot of work in the anti-racism space with other white people. Mm -hmm. um, and so am I impacted by racism as a person of color is? No. Mm -hmm. But... What I do have is, number one, I have been trained in how to do anti-racism work, but what I, the other thing I have is I have an experience of otherness. I am an LGBTQ person, I'm transgender, and I'm gay. And so when I talk about you know, why someone should hire me in partnership with a person of color to do anti-racism work is because I have enough of an experience with otherness that I'm going to be able to work with white people to help mm -hmm. them understand where is their otherness, how does that bump up against racism and white supremacy and internalized right. dominance and all those things. And so I think no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, you, if you do website design, are you someone who is colorblind? You see the world in a unique and special way, and you're going to help someone also create a website that is completely unique, that is completely outside the box. You know, like whatever the thing happens to be, like mm. what's your magic? <laughs> good, and how good. are you able to use it? You know, did you drop out of college? You know, as a college dropout, you're someone who isn't gonna view business in the same way that someone who went to Stanford or Harvard or Columbia, you can hire hundreds of those people, but are you gonna hire someone who's going to be able to think about something in a totally unique and different way, the way mm. that you have because you were an indoctrinated into the way the the like MBA way of thinking sure. like whatever the thing is that you're embarrassed about that you're ashamed of it's like no that that's your superpower <laughs> you know I used to get made fun of because like I'm super emotional um I'm very theatrical I'm very performative you know what like look at me now like that's <laughs> yeah that's that's why I do <laughs> I literally tell stories and I make yeah. people cry for a living. That's my job, you know, and I can get up there and I can be super vulnerable. Yeah. I can be super authentic. You know, I can speak from the scar and not the wound and mm. I can make people yeah. really feel something and I can really change their mind because of all those things that everyone made fun of me about. So, when I so what, I, what, I, what I'm hearing you saying is um, like uh, your, the things that you feel most awkward about or you feel the uncomfortable about that actually can be your superpower and differentiation point, but be aware to speak from the scar because don't use it if it's still open because yeah. otherwise that's going to bleed. It is. is that, that's and, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have some really good examples. I'm trying to think about global examples, but here in the US, like I think Andrew Yang, who's running for president, like, you know, he's like, uh, you know, he calls himself an Asian nerd who's good at math. You know, that could be something that was used to harm him, but he's running for president. He's made it to the third debate. And he says, like, I'm an Asian nerd who's good at math. Mm -hmm. You know, he takes that thing and he just like makes it like, yeah, dude, I'm super smart. I have a really good plan for how to save our economy because I'm an Asian nerd who's, who's good, good at that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it may, so I think, it, it yeah, makes sense. So, that thing and use that as your superpower. Exactly. And if you're not healed yet, then uh, don't use it yet <laughs> to go through the process of healing first and then use it as your superpower. That's right. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Uh, uh, 
it's been Tristan. It's been a, an incredible interview. Absolutely loved every single second of this interview. In, well, wonderful. Well, I'm 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 speechless. I got goosebumps, and uh, I'm sure that uh, this is going to be life transforming uh, for all the thousands of listeners that are going to listen to this show. And so, uh, be, uh, how can people reach out to you? How can people get in touch with you? Um, take, go for it. Yeah. I mean, the biggest way to reach me right now, I'm actually in the middle of a website redesign right now, but um, my business is called Biff and I. My partner's name is Biff. And so that's sort of what our family was, Biff and I, B-I-F-F-A-N-D-I.com. Um, they can find me on Instagram at Biff and I. Uh, Twitter is the same. Facebook is the same. We're Biff and I. Um, and my website is where people can go if they want to hire me to come and do a keynote, do a training, any of those things. Uh, I think I may actually be coming to London in the next six months. I'm really excited. I, I submitted a proposal for a contract to do that. So that would be amazing. Um, yeah, so I'm happy to travel, love traveling, um, love training, all of those things. And if you just want to see more cute pictures of my family, then that's where that's where uh, it all lives on Instagram. So yeah. <laughs> all right. So Biff and I, the links are going to be down there, uh, are actually right there in the show notes. So you can scroll down and uh, make sure you connect with Tristan right now and uh, let him know as well what was one thing I mean uh, that was, was one thing about this interview that impacted you um, and let me know as well because uh, you know we do this show and we do this for you so and we want to know and I'm sure Tristan would love to know what is the impact that uh, uh, this interview made in your life and I would really appreciate that Tristan one last word uh, before uh, we wrap up the interview one last message Oh my goodness, that's a lot of pressure to put on me. Uh, one last. <laughs> that, that, that's, what, that's, what, that's what we are about, <laughs> putting pressure on people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I, oh, oh man, I'm just not someone who is very succinct, am I? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, the actress Lena Waithe said it, that, you know, the thing that makes you different makes you powerful. And it, it can really be hard to understand and embrace that. But I think once you've gotten there, Everything else will fall into place. All right. Thank you very much. Tristan Reese, uh, everyone. Uh, make sure you uh, you follow him and uh, uh, contact him. Thank you very much, Tristan. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on Explode Your Expert Business Show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.